We care about our lakes and rivers, and we know you do too. That's why we ensure our products are eco-friendly and better for the environment. Hang on. What does eco-friendly and better for the environment actually mean? Let me introduce you to greenwashing. The great greenwashing debate is back. Greenwashing is when companies claim that what you're buying is environmentally friendly when it isn't. Consumer watchdogs want clearer rules for packaging to stop shoppers paying extra for products that aren't as environmentally friendly as they're being advertised. And you don't have to look far to find examples of it. The shoe brand Converse is being accused of misleading people with its global public art campaign, Converse City Forests, in which it claims the murals it's painting are carbon sinks and the equivalent of more than 9,000 trees. Rival power company Electric Kiwi cried foul over Meridian's ad and an implication that customers would receive renewable power by switching to Meridian. Kia ora, I'm Jessie Chang and today on The Detail, the rules around environmental claims and what consumers can do to stop companies making false ones. Greenwashing really is a big issue for New Zealand consumers who are increasingly wanting to make better purchasing decisions. The advertising and marketing industry is so used to talking about benefits. Like, we're hardwired, we're trained to talk about the positive and kind of hide any negative. And that just doesn't work with this. I remember, you know, my sort of first decision probably to buy something on green or environmental credentials when was when I was 15 and brought my first bright red lipstick from a, a little company called Beauty Without Cruelty, which was a animal rights championing cosmetics company. For Kath Dewar, being environmentally conscious stuck, but she struggled to line those values up with her career as a freelancer in marketing. That was until she set up her own marketing company, Good Sense, in 2010. I was finding it really hard to reconcile that industry, which is all about people feeling bad about themselves, so they try and fix it by buying things, fundamentally, so often, um, and how to reconcile that with my concern for us as an amazing, capable, creative species, humans, and the wonderful planet that we share with all those other creatures. So I was really struggling how to line up my career and my values. And as part of trying to reconcile that, I joined the Sustainable Business Network in 2003 and discovered there were a whole lot of other people in business who were creating amazing things that actually were part of the solution, not the problem. But often they weren't very good at telling their stories or doing their marketing. So rather than ditching my career, I repurposed it. <laughs> and used it for good. <laughs> and yeah, and, um, and it became a thing where there was increasing demand. So what is greenwashing? Greenwashing is the attempt to pass yourself off as better for the environment than you are. And doing that through a whole range of different marketing or communications means. So it's just trying to fake it rather than being real about it to varying degrees. What are the terms that companies commonly use as a form of greenwash? Oh, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of them. Non-toxic, biodegradable, natural. It's better for the planet. You know, we can save the environment. This is the equivalent to 25 billion trees. You know, whatever those exaggerated claims might be. And also terms that come up. Um, so things like plastic-free is one that the Commerce Commission have really got specific on about being really careful. And they've even said for plant-based plastics, they should be talked about as plant-based plastics or bioplastics 
rather than saying they're not plastic, because even some plant-based plastics can be problematic. Terms like compostable needs to be handled really specifically. You know, not all things that compost can compost at home. Some of them need industrial-scale composting. So if your council isn't doing green waste collections, you know, it might not biodegrade properly in a home compost. Things like free of or free from claims, you know, you can claim to be free of stuff that is never in that kind of product and that could be that could be greenwashing. But also there's interesting stuff which we're protected against here in New Zealand, which is images and company names. So an image that gives you the impression that something is New Zealand made or is better for the environment but actually may not be is is problematic. I think the spirit of it, and that's a really important thing for you know for us in our terror is if the overall general impression is misleading, mm. then it falls foul of the Fair Trading Act. So what is the law around this? The law basically says that you cannot make environmental claims that give the impression that what you're offering is more environmentally kind than it is. And that's under the Fair Trading, Trading Act, Act, yeah. Here's how it works. The Commerce Commission can only investigate a company if a complaint is laid. If they think there's a problem, they give a warning. If that doesn't work, then they prosecute under the Fair Trading Act. Companies can be fined up to $600,000 and individuals up to $200,000 for each breach. Last year, the Commerce Commission released specific guidelines for companies making environmental claims. They have to be truthful and accurate. They have to be specific, not vague. So woolly terms like it's eco-friendly are really hard to to be specific about. So it's much better to be tighter and say, this is more eco-friendly than something else, for instance. Mm. And also, those claims have to relate to the whole life cycle of the product or service. It's not just about the moment it's made, it's about the whole thing. Um, They've got to be substantiated. You can't just say this stuff and then worry about it if you're asked. You have to have your facts and make those available if people want them. And to not exaggerate. The shoe brand Converse has pulled from its website all reference to the environmental benefits of its global public art campaign after being accused of greenwashing. Converse had claimed the paint used in its murals eliminated carbon dioxide, formaldehydes and gases and improved air quality. One of the murals was painted on Caracas Street in Auckland last month. Converse claims the eye-catching 195 square metre artwork is the equivalent of planting 182 trees. When the advertising was run, the company got, got asked questions about it from themselves, from the media, and realised that the information they were conveying, which they say had come from the paint manufacturer, had overstated the case and they've made changes to some of their material as a result, which is a good outcome. Better outcome would be if they hadn't done it in the first place because then their marketing would have been more successful, you know, whereas it is, we've kind of got this sort of tainted feeling about Converse as a brand, trying to seem better than they are. You know, it's good that they were using a, a better paint, but to make that huge claim about trees just took them into that exaggeration territory. It builds cynicism amongst the public. Like, this is one of the main problems for greenwash, is that not only does it mislead people, but then if they find out they've been misled, they feel had. And understandably, that makes people feel cynical about it. So, you know, we 
we get into a negative spiral of feelings and emotion, whereas actually what we want to do is be supporting each other to do the right thing. So, you know, I'm, I'm pleased that Converse are trying to do the right thing with how they're doing their billboards, but don't overstate the case because you spoil it for everybody, you know, and yourselves. You make yourself look like idiots. So it's, yeah, it's not helpful. And we just need to get smarter about it. You know, the advertising marketing industry is full of smart people who just kind of need to understand the law and not be so arrogant you know, like no one company is going to save the planet and we all need to get a lot more real about the actual impact of making sneakers and selling them to people so they buy new sneakers every six months and where those sneakers are made and what labour is involved in making those sneakers and where those sneakers go at the end of their life. You know, I'd be a lot more impressed with Converse if they were leading out on some of that stuff than doing call advertising, to be honest. And do you feel that most businesses or, should I say, some businesses are just too ignorant of what is going on in this space? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a real mix. So I think there are often smaller, well-meaning companies who just don't know the law. And, uh, you know, ignorance is no excuse when it comes to the law. Like, it is your job if you're running promotions, and even if that's just doing Facebook posts, you know, it's your job to find out what the law is about your advertising. You know, so there's a degree to which kind of uh, smaller businesses need to shape up. The, you know, the guidelines that the government provide are really good and the Advertising Standards Authority has good information too, so easy to find out. And I think at the other end of the spectrum, there is this arrogance amongst larger, you know, larger companies. We're so, as an industry, the advertising and marketing industry is so used to talking about benefits. Like, we're hardwired, we're trained to talk about the positive and kind of hide any negative. And that just doesn't work with this because the reality is most things that we do has a negative effect on the planet at some point. And we need to get a lot more real about how we reduce those, but also then how we communicate the negative as well as the, as the positive. So the brands that are being rewarded are the ones that take the time to tell their stories properly, that have a long-term commitment and that don't try and pass themselves off as better than they are to sell a few sneakers quickly. Because companies could also end up with the Commerce Commission knocking on their door. The Commerce Commission works quite hard because prosecutions are expensive, so they cost mm. the taxpayer a lot of money. So their work tends to be more about reaching out and warning, and most cases respond to that. There are prosecutions that happen. So, for example, uh, Freshly Squeezed Limited were convicted in part because of their name, because they gave the impression that their juices were, you know, very natural and freshly squeezed and not the more manufactured product that those juices that those juices were. Auckland Commercial Solar were warned by the Commerce Commission about unsubstantiated claims. So there's a real need for companies to take it carefully. And also we have the voluntary body in New Zealand, the Advertising Standards Authority, ASA.co.nz, which has a voluntary code where members have 100% compliance in adhering to it. And so things like the Meridian advert late last year. A Meridian Energy TV ad featuring the trials of a Kiwi eco-hero has been ordered off-air after it was found to make misleading environmental claims. That was actually pulled because the Advertising Standards Authority said, hey, Meridian, you have overstepped. In the judgment of our board, you have overstepped the mark, committed greenwash, and you should stop. What happened there? So Meridian were, were really kind of muddying the water, um, ironically, Hydra, um, <laughs> uh, about their power that they sell. Nigel's always doing his bit for the planet. Going plastic-free? Legend. 
Nigel is a good Kiwi bloke helping to save the planet in Meridian's latest campaign. He refuses to use plastic bags for his fruit and veggies, turns down straws for his smoothie. Nice one, Nigel. And goes as far as using his beanie to scoop his dog's poop. But it's the ad's final plug which sparked outrage in the power sector. Doing your bit for the environment just got easier. Switch to Meridian for power that doesn't cost the earth. So Meridian are one of the better providers in terms of renewable generation, but when you buy power, you're buying it from the grid, and whether you buy it through Meridian or anybody else doesn't alter the mix of electricity that comes into your home. And so Meridian's ad talked about things like for power that doesn't cost the earth. And the the bit that really got them was that if you switch to Meridian, you'll be doing your bit for the environment and doing your bit for the environment just got easier. And so one of the smaller power generation companies actually made a complaint to the Advertising Standards Authority and said, hang on a minute, Meridian aren't talking about the proportion of their power that is generated renewably. They're talking about what you buy and what you buy is actually... You know, the, the same. same. You know, also kind of Meridian really begged Huntley to stay open because they haven't invested as much as promptly as they might have done over the last 10 years in renewable generation. You know, at the minute the Carbon Act passed in New Zealand, they went ahead to build wind farms that they'd had consent for and could have built ages ago. So they were kind of sitting on those consents and not building them because they didn't want to invest if the regulatory environment hadn't pushed them to do it. And instead, what happens as a result is that when in peak times of day like and when there's been a drought and there's not enough water in Meridian's dams to provide as much hydro as New Zealand needs, then they turn to contact energy and they get contact energy to turn on Huntley. So that's coal and gas powered stations. And so that's why we're, you know, we're a long way from 100% renewable still in, in New Zealand. And, you know, it's a real pity. So it's always a shame when people who are often doing the right thing overstate it because it makes Meridian sound like they're the worst and they're not. There are, you know, there are worse. But by trying to overclaim it, they just, they just blew it. And so the advertising standards said pull the ad straight away and they had to do it. Do you think that the way our system works here in New Zealand, that it is working? Or is there a better way to stop companies from doing greenwash? I think it, in principle, is a good system, but it's underfunded in terms of knowledge building and awareness raising. It would be good if the industry, the advertising market industry, invested more in training its people on what's required with this. And also if the Commerce Commission had more budget to create awareness amongst the public and amongst advertisers about what is required. And I think we all have a duty to ask the hard questions. So I would encourage everyone to make complaints if they're, if they're not happy. It's really easy to do on both the Commerce Commission and the Advertising Standards website because the more... The more as members of the public we let the industry and the government know we're not happy with misleading claims, then the more it will dial up consciousness and awareness. Last year, a survey of 1,000 people by Consumer NZ found that 6 out of 10 buyers consider the environment when shopping and have bought greener products. At the same time, it found that 72% of people struggled to work out which products were actually better for the environment. The most kind thing we can do for nature is not buy stuff. 
Mm. Really, you know, generally, like if we can avoid buying it, if we can reuse it, if we can rent it from somebody, if we can borrow it from somebody, if we can actually just find a workaround and use our creative brains rather than our wallets and do something. So more and more people are doing that. And I think that's to be really be encouraged. Um, that puts puts pressure on businesses, you know, but but shopping is generally not the best use of your time from an environment perspective. Um, how, so if we're going to buy things, people are being more considered about those purchases more often. And that means that they want to be able to find things easily. And so there's a kind of a natural tension here, right? Because you're busy, you're in the grocery store, you've only got a certain amount of minutes, you're in, you're out, there's three screaming kids at your hip and your car's on a metre. So, you know, there's a pressure. And so you pick something up that catches your eye. And that might catch your eye because it's got a logo with leaves on it and a bright picture of a bird. And then you glance at it and there's a little logo that makes it seem like it's good for the environment and you're scanning it out and you're on your way. So it might only be later when you find out that actually that's not a good thing. And the important thing with it is you can't, you can't solve everything at once. So a good thing is to go, you know, start with a room in the house and go, right, what am I using in the bathroom? What am I using in the kitchen? And kind of just chip away at it and kind of go, well, for this week or this month, I'm going to research and find an alternative that is perhaps better for my health, using less toxic chemicals, better for the kids in the house and better for the environment as well. You can ask the question online, you can stick something into Google, have a little bit of a, have a, bit of a look there. Maybe try some of the smaller smaller retailers. So, um, so people like Common Sense Organics and Huckleberries, are, you know, will often specialise in stocking things that are better. You know, as, as our dollars are powerful. If we all stop buying bad stuff, those businesses would stop making it pretty quickly. And Kath Dewar says knowing the correct accreditation is important. Back in 2013, at the time, New Zealand's first um, first fair trade certified bananas were available. Um, the All Good Organics team had brought fair trade certified bananas into New Zealand, and Dole responded by putting a little logo on their own their own packaging, which said it was an ethical choice. And they advertised that they had leaflets and still with a little ethical choice logo and icon. And myself and people around me were kind of going, what's this ethical choice thing? It looks like a certificate. It's like a little rubber stamp, but it's not any third party. It was Dole themselves, self-certifying. And um, my business, Good Sense, we laid a complaint with the Commerce Commission about it. The Commerce Commission investigated. They gave Dole a warning. Dole ignored it. Um, Oxfam did a brilliant piece of research that actually established that child labour and other really bad practices were still going on amongst bananas overseas. The international charity Oxfam is asking the banana importer Dole to stop labelling its fruit an ethical choice. A major report uh, that Oxfam's releasing today says the treatment of workers on Dole's Philippine banana plantations is anything but ethical. Dole were no more or less ethical than any other bananas. They, they certainly had no right to put a stamp on. And when Oxfam um, published that research, Dole pulled it. And interestingly, in their new code, the Commerce Commission specifically warn against creating your own little ticks and stamps and labels. So it's a good idea for people to be aware of what the certifications are that are relevant, whether they're carbon claims or whether they're um, animal testing claims or if it's fair trade, looking for those gold standard stamps that are third-party approved. What are those third-party accreditations that people 
can trust and look out for? Oh, so there's, there's, there is actually a really big range and depending on what it is. So, you know, on the social side of things in New Zealand, some companies are now living wage certified and particularly for companies that are manufacturing and have lots of staff who often aren't in terribly highly paid, it, it's worth looking for, for brands that are living, living wage. And on the environmental side, uh, looking at claims from organisations that have got good carbon accreditation. So Carbon Zero is one of the leading ones in New Zealand. Also ECOS are doing some good good work around carbon um, for actually looking at organics. So looking for the OANZ, the BioGrow certification um, or Assure Quality in New Zealand so that if it's organic, it's actually certified organic. The Fair Trade certification internationally is the gold standard and that actually means that that produce has been grown by cooperatives where the farmers are involved in the ownership and of the land. Um, they're not always commodities, but also... And also that there are some environmental management processes in place as well. Generally, what's better for the land is better for the growers. You know, pesticides and herbicides aren't good for us when we eat stuff, but they're not good for the people growing them either. And fair trade makes sure that the people who are growing growing the kai get paid a decent amount for the work they're doing. So that's some, the Sustainable Business Network, actually, on their website, they've just published a guide to all the different certifications. Are there any other things that people should look out for on a product when it comes to just being aware of greenwash? Yeah, I think just be, be optimistic, but also a little bit cynical. Think about the overall impact. So... The product itself might be less harmful than an alternative, but how is it packaged? How is it shipped? Where has it come from? Where was it made? How were the people who made it treated? What were the conditions in the factory in terms of water use and water pollution? And also what happens after about it when it's gone down the plug hole or when the packaging is empty? Where does that go? Can you reuse it? So, so thinking through all of those different steps... Um, and talk about it like, you know, it's exhausting to try and do this all the time on everything, mm. all on our own. But if we share knowledge and share information and there's some great Facebook groups talking about packaging and waste out there at the moment um, and talking just to friends and neighbours and colleagues. Um, if you start a conversation, as the consumer research showed, you're not going to be the only person in the room who cares about it. You know, we're in a majority and the more we can share our power, the more change we can make faster. That's all for today. I'm Jessie Chang. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and public interest journalism funded through NZ On Air. You can download us free to your mobile phone every day on any podcast platform. And if you want to get in touch, email us at thedetail at rnz.co.nz. Alexia Russell produced this episode. Our engineer was Jeremy Ansel. And thanks to Kath Dewar. Kaikite anō. 